0: here we are again another podcast and i think this is going to be a really good one because we're talking with jason fisher and he owns the lake erie walleye trail which maybe a lot of people don't know i the tournament director but he's also the guy that owns and operates now currently the fall brawl so i think we're going to try to dig in and find out some of the the things on maybe a little better chance of winning the fall brawl but some of the shenanigans that have gone on and just all of the chaos and his day job is a little bit dramatic as well so I'm kind of interested to hear the the Jason Fisher story. How about you?
1: Yeah, you mean the fall brawl that you make me sign up for and spend money and then never catch a big fish when we're in the boat together? No,
0: I just never take you.
1: Oh. That's I I just oh. take you. so you yeah. still make me sign up. Yeah. Which I and mean then, and then you okay. take me like one time, probably.
0: Yeah, like once in a blue moon. Like I yeah. You know, you're 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 people don't see this. It's like country, Steve, you're difficult. And you know, we keep our interactions to a minimum and God knows I am too. I mean, how many days could you really deal with me?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's already been, it's, you know, been what three minutes and I'm already, I'm already had enough. Well, let's
0: bring Jason in because I've had enough of you too. So we're going to put you in silent mode and mute. And we want to talk about some fall brawl, some Lake Erie walleye trailer, just walleye fishing and the whole gig. I'm interested to hear what Jason's got to say. Welcome to the Big Water Podcast, Jason Fisher. How are you doing?
2: I'm great, Ross. I appreciate you having me on, man.
0: You you kind of you get some extra brownie points here because you are on a family vacation. And I don't want to sound like a stalker, but I knew exactly where you were sitting. That's kind of scary.
2: <laughs> well, if you know about this salmon fishery up here and uh the the resort that I'm staying at, you know, obviously you're you're okay in my book. This place is off the charts up here. Yeah, but nice. i've got
0: uh old captain ship cartwright that's been on our podcast and he's sponsored me for heck more than 20 years he fished out of that marine and i've been up there i don't know how many times with him and a lot of you cleveland guys make the shorter jaunt a by a little bit and go over to lake ontario you know and it's it's crazy how those fisheries have actually changed for guys that haven't been around this a lot i actually used to salmon guide and way back in the day and you know in the summertime and, and some guys do that now even you know we see some of our guys going over to, to uh, lake ontario but it was the opposite you used to go to lake ontario and you'd catch like three or four fish if you were lucky but they were huge i mean i mean just giants and then in lake michigan you do go catch a pile but you couldn't get big ones and it's almost really flopped now um with that i mean somebody just caught a 40 pounder last week or two or three or whatever it was ago on lake michigan yep. Did
2: you- Yeah, Yeah. So that's my experience here. I've, I've caught quantities in Ontario. Every time we're up here, they're just tackle busting monsters. I mean, they just, they're ripping your stuff to shreds. We had a copper yesterday. I'm, uh, li- listen, I can't set up every rod, but my guy said that the drag was set right and they just exploded this rod. All I heard was the rod just peel over and just explode and snap, you know, hit up against all the other rods. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And, and the and the fish is jumping like a tarp and 300 feet back behind the boat, you know, and it's just, they're awesome.
0: You know, the, the thing that I think I appreciate and one of the things I hated about salmon fishing is that, being a salmon guy a tough deal because you're up at i don't know three in the morning maybe and you're going and you know by nine and ten in the morning it's done i mean it's for the most part it it's done and then you go do your thing you got to come back in and like where you're at right now i don't know if we want to tell people exactly but you know you, you've got a decent and where you're at you have a much easier than where we were at in charter boat row where you've got quite a no wake zone to go through and then the gap is is you know like i mean that line can be insane and then you got to clean fish for the people you know which we we can get away with not doing that because of the way our setups are but um so it's a whole different ball wax man but then you got to flip and do that at night again and the whole it's the reverse and so like the bite windows are so damn small like we are so fortunate people don't realize like even in minnesota like the bite windows are kind of like salmon or even saginaw bay if you ice fish up there for example we're 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 spoiled where we're at We guys have no idea
2: it's the craziest thing in new york is totally different you can go fish new york all day long but when you come up here in in michigan if you're out there at 5 30 in the morning you're late these dudes have been out there for hours and it's like a whole city of lights all you see is red and green lights and, and white lights everywhere and and i first time i come up i'm like what are these guys doing I didn't even know you could catch salmon in the dark. And, you know, I'm, I've been learning for the past several years coming up here. But it's a whole different ball game, And they're coming in at 30, 9 o'clock, totally done. And you're just like, I- I'm confused. Because we fish, we go out and walleye fish all day long. And it's just, if you could freeze frame that sun up and that sun down for an hour, it's just, that's, you know, all the bait shows up, all the salmon go. It's just, your rods are firing. It's awesome. So let's get back to
0: stuff because salmon are just one step below largemouth or above largemouth in my book. You know what I mean? So <laughs> ditch pickles, you know, whatever. So can we talk, can we briefly talk about what you really do to pay the bills? Like your real job?
2: So I'm a local city cop for a, a, a place on the East side of Cleveland. Um, I work 12 hour shifts. So I get a lot of days off to chase around these fish and do some other things, but my job is a, uh, is a city cop, law enforcement, and um, that's my main job.
0: I guess where I was going, I, I, that was just my setup, because you go from that, obviously that's paying the bills, taking care of the whole family, and then you, is it, I think, is it fair or accurate to say you bought the Lake Erie Walleye Trail?
2: So I did. I bought the Lake Erie Walleye Trail, uh, I think it was either last year or the year, two years ago now, um, off the WBSA. I ran it for them for a year and they just, the guys, the guys running it, uh, Jeff Lash and Matt Davis were the guys that I purchased it from uh, amongst the group. It was owned by a group. Um, they were just done. They've just moved on, you know, with things in their life. And I wanted to uh, I wanted to keep the tournament going. actually it never set out to be, I wanted to purchase this tournament and, and make things, you know, how we've made them today. It was just an opportunity uh, me actually by a second place I worked for Vic sports center, the boat shop, um, by accident really. And then, and then when nobody took over the loot, um, it was about September. I called those guys and I'm like, Hey, has anybody taken over tournament director? And, uh, Jeff's like, no. And I, and I had to throw my name in the hat just because I fished it personally. And I didn't want to see it go away. It just, it, I, it brought a lot of fun things for me and I didn't want it to, you know, to disappear.
0: Well, funny story that you don't know, because I don't think I've ever told anybody this. They came to me and wanted me to do it because they know I kind of got a no-nonsense thing and figured I'd tell somebody how it is and try to be fair. But I was like, hell to the no. Are you insane? So I guess my point of this is you're a glutton for punishment with your day job. And then on your sidebar deal, like, you're a super glutton for punishment because I know where you're going to go because you're a positive guy and you're upbeat and stuff. I get it. But deep down, if I had a couple beers in you, I mean – Fishermen are the best. All my friends fish pretty much everybody except for producer dude. But are you just more of an acquaintance, producer dude? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a friend, right? Right, yeah, this is business. But in all seriousness, like everybody that I'm around fishes, but I will at the same point say fishermen are some of the biggest whiny bitches I've ever seen in my life. I mean, so dealing with that when it's like,
2: (laughs) I'm not going to tell you my opinion because I don't want to piss anybody off, but my wife says that. Are way more like whiny bitches than than all the girls she knows. She goes, "You think girls have drama?" She goes, "You guys have drama." and um, You know, that's her opinion, though. That's not mine. Rock yeah, Ross yeah. Has
1: I, drama. Ross you're, has drama all the time. You're a you're a politician producer dude just <laughs> to get me in trouble, but
0: yeah, i no, I try to stay away from the drama. It's, things tend to happen. Fish, the fishing world is it's again me. We've producer do this is where he starts you know throwing up slides for me to shut up but the fishing industry has just changed so much because now with social media everybody's trying to be a hero and they're trying to you know it's like bob smith fishing page and it's like just everybody go and enjoy and like fishing and i think everybody's sometimes is misdirected i mean on charters now i see people all the time they'll catch a fish take a picture and they're done for the whole day because they literally be like oh i got i got my insta picture for the day and i'm like Mm mm-hmm can you not really enjoy it? Like, you really don't want to catch fish. Are you are really just going to like, again, I don't get that, but each and two their own, but in all seriousness, like that, I mean, it's gotta be some of the most rewarding deals, but at the same time, that's gotta be a freaking nightmare because I understand the, you know, the the labor of love that that is. And the time that goes in, because if you're fishing a tournament, think about this guys, you're starting at whatever time in the, in the morning, five or something in the morning. Well, the guy that's running the show and has to make sure everything's up, so that when you're when you roll in there, they're, you're already got everything prepared. Like that's got to be some sleepless
2: nights. Well, for me it's worse because I'm am a nervous Nelly. So as you saw before, an hour before this show, I'm I'm working on the computer. You guys are trying to set some things up. I'm just I'm too afraid to screw up. So I've had to tell my own buddies, you know, they're they're like, come over, you know, drink a beer or whatever. And I'm like, listen, when you guys go home, I have to tear down the trailer tear down the stage take all that stuff home deal with if we have any fish donations i'm like you guys are already beating me up where why are the results not on facebook why are they not on the website you know what's the team of the year standings i'm like i can't relax you know it's i'm like and then here we you know it's sunday here you guys are talking to me about you know who did this or what did that or how did those fish look like this or how you know and i'm just like the work doesn't stop for me. I'm like, you guys, once, once you put the rods away and you weigh in, I'm like, you're cracking a beer or something, you know? And I'm like, I'm, I'm still working, you know?
0: Well, and, and I think what you said earlier, kind of, I never really thought about it like that, but the, I don't know the exact year, maybe you do, but the Lake Erie Walley trail has been around for about 20 years now, give or take.
2: Yeah. So actually I don't know the exact year either, but it is, it is the early 2000s. So it's, it's been about 20 years.
0: Yeah. So I, I want to say it's like it was like a one or two, something like that. But uh, yeah, and I know a lot of those guys that were part of that original group and, and still good friends. But like you said, I think you said it well and that just they had moved on. A lot of those guys, their kids, you know, didn't have kids. Now they have kids. A couple of the guys you mentioned, you know, has got kids and daughters in school and sports and real competitive stuff. And it's just like, hey, fishing takes a back seat, let alone running a tour. And then, you know, you got that new breed where. I mean, I used to know every single guy in there. And now I guess it's kind of a good thing for you when I when I see some of those things, because I have friends that fish it. And, you know, you see some standings or somebody will put something up and they're like, hey, man, I don't know 90 percent of these guys. And, and that's a good thing, though, because you're getting some fresh blood in there. I'm sure it causes other problems to a certain extent, too. But I mean, how, how have things developed with that that kind of transition for you even?
2: So there's, there's always that original crew. And since I took over, um, the guys that were, you know, the who's who, when, when I started fishing, like the guys that were always at the top of the leaderboard, many of those guys have, have rolled over. We still have a a handful of guys that, you know, are still fishing, but people just evolve. It's, it's hard to tournament fish. It's, it's kind of, it's not really that rewarding. I mean, you spend a ton of money to win a little bit of money. And uh, you do it for fun and and eventually just people's lifestyles change and you just can't always do the tournaments or not everybody's jobs and family life. Let them do the tournaments like you want to to be competitive. And also, you know, the new blood is where it's at. Getting the young guys involved and just different people involved is ultimately how you have success. So you got to see some of the new faces and when they start winning and things like that, that's, you know, that's obviously the name of the game
0: how i mean for you is it hard to to sit back and not do the fishing you know what i mean like you watch these guys blast off and here you are and i know you can sometimes sneak out during the day for a few hours or something but you know, watching guys bring in 45 pound sacks and you're up here like oh here's your check and here's your 45 pound fish like i mean if you're enough to do this you got at some point be honest and be like screw this
2: so I'm a competitor. That's why I like tournament fishing, um, because I'm too old and fat to play baseball or football or any other sports that we used to play. So at send off is basically my my saddest moment because these dudes are all jacked up and they're just ready to rock and roll. And um, and but but weigh ins for me, it's almost like I'm always part of the winning team. You know, I get to many of these guys are my friends. If they're not my friends, I know them. You know, I get to be happy for them. I get to be part of that moment, you know, that they're just, you know, they're raising their their fish up and high-fiving each other. They're high-fiving me. So, for me, I'm always part of the winning team, and that's that's what I like about it. Um, but it kills me when I see the guys that I used to fish with. My tournament partner was just smoking it for, uh, for basically two years after he kicked me off the boat. And um, that part sucks because i just like, man, I could be a part of this team right now. Or, or this boat, this this tournament, and and knowing that you're not sucks, but I'm almost part of everybody's boat, so that that makes it that replaces that.
0: You know, I've done a lot of tournament covers for other organizations and things through my career doing media and things, and I'm kind of in in a different way in the same boat as you pun intended, but I can tell you there's enough days where when you they let those guys out and let's say six footers or whatever it is, or even what people don't understand is when they go, oh, it's only three footers. Well, you, uh, Lake Erie three footers and multi-direction and current and, and blowback from the day before, and you've got to run 20 miles. That's not a fun morning. And there's been many days that I stood there and I'm doing pictures or interviews or whatever it is. And I go, thank God I'm not in the boat. Like, thank <laughs> God. I, I've gotten out of doing camera boat duty many a times where I'm like, Hell no. So
2: I've said that plenty of times. And when it's especially when it's cold, you know, and, and or even rainy and you're just like, Man, I'm so happy I don't have to be fishing today.
0: Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, as a guide, because I still guide quite a bit, it's th- those days are bittersweet because There's been an awful lot of mornings I drive out and I'm like, I just I've always put a little inspirational thing to start my year on my on my steering wheel. So I kind of think about that because I'm not a guy that could be in a cubicle. Right. Like this just wouldn't work out. And you go out there some days and you're just like, this is just retarded. Like this is just doesn't make sense. But then you catch one nine or ten pounder or something or maybe it's only six pounder, but it's that person's biggest wall of their career. You know, as, as, as guides on Erie, I think that we overlook this a lot. A couple of guys that, you know, work for me, I always tell them, like, quit downplaying this because I just had a guy this year said he's been – he came up and he shook my hand in the middle. It was, like, it was like the game stopped. He just shook my hand and he just said, I, I don't even need to do anything else. Let my boy – he was just – he was speechless. He says, ah. And a guy told me, it was like, I've been fishing for 41 or 42 years for walleyes. He goes, I've never caught a fish even close to this. And it was about six pounds. But, you know, he's fishing on bodies of water that that's just not – it's just it's 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 not capable almost you know what i mean like they don't and maybe his skill set is, is part of that too but a lot of bodies of water people just don't understand a, a bad day here is a good day a lot of other places and for everybody that bar is drastically different same thing with tournaments back when i was doing the tournament thing i won the lake erie tournament with 18 pounds in may fact i didn't even want to weigh in i was being a kind of a crabby bitch And I was making my turn part and I was like, you And he's like, no, you're going to win with grace and you're going to get your ass kicked with grace. And it was just one of those perfect storms. And I'm sure you've seen a few of those. We had a MWC where like three quarters of the field zeroed in September for their championship one, like four or five years ago or whatever. You just get certain things that line up, you know, and then everything is relative. And that's, that's what tournament fishing brings out is, you know, 50 pounds is great, but can you do it again tomorrow? Right? I mean... I think we do learn a lot from that. I mean, what's the most, what's the thing you've learned the most from being the tournament director or from tournaments indirectly?
2: I think um, what I've learned the most is things aren't always, how do I phrase this? Reinventing the wheel isn't always the best idea. So, so you think, and you're trying to think, how can I make the biggest fish on the lake bite and, and beat these guys and and honestly, the most thing that I've noticed is it's just be consistent. Go do what you've been doing, filter through some fish if you can, and uh, um, and you know, and it'll work out. You know, if you try and chase, you know, some mysterious ghost bite, you're usually not going to find it. But what I've what I've learned the most is just go out, fish the conditions, and fish, uh, you know, what you're capable of and your strengths, and, and usually it works out.
0: Pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that. But I think on Erie, when you the caveat to that is there's times you go on a school or other it's eight inches and 15 inches and then 16 to 20s. mixed in, Where you can't you just can't work them fast enough and you can't you couldn't cycle through enough fish if you wanted to. And you've got to get on a different pattern or sometimes just really not in a different pattern, but just leave the area like totally. And that's really, really tough to do. I mean, those old adage of, you know, don't leave fish to find fish maybe doesn't always apply uh, on our body of water.
2: Yeah. So I kind of, I usually, I generally think that that most guys would have filtered that type of thing out prior to tournament day. Obviously if you get on something tournament day and it's just changed, you need to go to plan B, but, but if you're working, you know, small fish, you should, you should, ch- you know, try different things pre-fishing to get on a better bite, you know, but tournament day, if you're catching five pound fish and you're like, man, I need, six and a half or seven i i probably wouldn't do that until until i was damn good and sure that it's not going to work out for me
0: so have you ever had to break up a fight at the Lake Erie walleye trail like <laughs> <a background? laughs>
2: i hope that this is not a loaded question but i'm gonna say that I didn't have to break up a fight but it could have got there um yeah, I,
0: I, I, I don't even have any background but i i'm i'm, I'm listening
2: it's so funny that you said this because this was it wasn't at our last event, but it was two events ago. And uh, these two dudes were, and this was before, before, uh, you know, launch time. And they're in line. And when you're in line, guys are getting their boats ready. And, and ultimately, you're in a traffic jam. So the two dudes, two groups of dudes, I guess, were in, a, in, in line. And they basically got in line next to each other. And they were talking and the talking got to more talking. And then next thing, you know, these dudes are screaming at each other and I just like overheard what was going on. And I was, you know, by the trailer, and I, I ran over, I'm like, you know, you, <laughs> you go over here, you go over here. And I'm, you know, I'm like, these dudes were, were about to tear each other up, man. But that was a first normally guys will talk a little bit, but no physical stuff. This one, I guarantee would have went physical.
0: Producer. dude, Do you believe in my tournament days that I might've talked a little
1: bit of shit? No, I, I I find that hard to believe. I do too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I would. I could see.
0: Um, I mean, could. Here's the deal, though. With a, with a, I say cop, police officer, whatever your acceptable term is. But could I mean, if you got arrested before you even got to the tournament, like you, you know, break a breaker, <laughs> Bob, get over here.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny. So. I, there's no, so two things to that, wherever we're at, we'll let that local law enforcement handle it. Cause I am not a cop when I'm not wearing that uniform or driving around that car. It's that's why I do the fishing stuff. A lot of, a lot of police officers, um, work side jobs and they just do all this nonsense, police work, work at a church, work at a school, work at the bar or work wherever. I can't stand it. I, I like my job. I like being at work when I'm at work. But I like to leave and just do other things to make money. I, I you know, I work, I mentioned I work at VIX all the time. I, I just like it. I like to get my mind off of that police work. And it's just, it's just better for me to do that. So I'm not a cop when I'm not there.
1: Hey, Jason, uh, uh, Lake Erie Walleye Trail, you know, you've had it. How long have you had it now?
2: Uh, so I think we're going on three years.
1: Three years. Um, what I mean, late-
2: wait. What Late twenty twenty. Yeah, I think what about it?
1: The future. I mean, what kind of changes are you still looking at making? You've had it a while. You've seen kind of the things that are, go right, the things that go wrong. I mean, what what are you looking to do and looking to expand it and get the word out about it?
2: So I'm looking to go um, east and west. I've talked to some guys in Michigan. I talked to the Michigan Walleye Tour. Uh, we were we we're dabbling around running an event with them. Um, I just like to cover. Lake Erie uh the it used to be the WBSA so it was western basin and and that and when I fished it the farthest we would go would be Huron we would start um at McGee East out, out by the power plant and into Huron so it was a very short season very short um area or, or small area of the lake I like to just I like to see what all these guys have so I want to get anglers comfortable fishing you know, out by Conneaut, just as, just as well as they could be fishing out by, you know, Toledo area, you know, you know, it's just, it's just, I want to cover the lake and I want to see who's got what it takes. And I like the team of the year aspect of it. Um, guys that can be consistent all across the lake. I, like I said, I play sports and and that's what I compare everything to, but somebody wants to be the best. It's okay to, to win one game, but who wins the championship? And that's what I want to bring to the Bring to the area. Who's the best across the lake for this year? You know, and and call them, you know, a state champion. You know,
0: well, and and that's the difference from Lake Erie Erie Walleye Trail now and then. Is back then I can tell you why they didn't. I mean, for a fact, because when they had a few, nobody signed up because. Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys were Fremont area guys, Port Clinton, Toledo, central stuff. And those guys either never went there or, hey, we ain't driving past Cleveland, where now you've got a whole new guard. You got, like you said, a whole different group of guys. I would say a majority of the guys are from the Cleveland area almost now instead of, you know, the minority. And so I think that that's probably helped with that. And obviously a good portion of the year, there's there's some great fishing down there.
2: Yeah, so we just we ran out of Ashabula and had had about 80 boats. And that was by far the most we've ever had out east. We're working on Geneva coming up this week, and and we'll see how many boats we end up with. But it's always lower numbers out east, but slowly increasing that. And, you know, and I also want to make it more of an atmosphere. Um, Not that the old regime did a bad job, but it's just hard to make it an event as opposed to a fishing tournament. So I like to have cookouts encourage people to come to the weigh-ins you know prizes raffle prizes just all all of this stuff we have um, an apparel company that shows up at almost at all of our events and they sell things Um, you know lure companies my brother runs a outdoor um, education company he's showing up so it's almost like a festival you show up and there's all these little things to do and look at and and just increase you know the enjoyment or the atmosphere um, because that's cool for the anglers too. And I've never seen this before, but every one of them, all of these events, you can turn the camera around and just, you pan out and you see like 200 people in the crowd and that's cool. I mean, I, I really, I'm proud of that part.
0: Well, I mean, a big national tour probably doesn't have two pe- 200 people at their, at their weigh-in. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to an awful lot of weigh-ins. and That's with walleye tournaments, man. It's just, you go to a bass event and it looks like the town got emptied out. And Wallace just never had that participation, and um, I, I, that hurts it hurts everything, you know, again, on a national scale, different than, like, what the loot is. But when you have a poor Clinton and you have a whatever, like, I think that, you know, the tourism people are there, and they see that, and they're like, hey, if people aren't getting involved, you know, they don't get the money, they don't get the local tourism things as, as involved, and, and granted, what you're doing is totally different, but on the big picture walleye tournaments or walleye tournaments and you know a lot of your guys end up taking that jump to the next level or fishing a few dabbling and I mean do you look at the Lake Erie, wall- Lake Erie walleye trail I keep stumbling here um it's almost like a you know a minor league deal for some guys that want to get into the next level or has there been many guys that have done that
2: so uh, a lot of our guys jump to the next level at least on a uh on a, I don't know, a minimal level, like they'll do an event here or there if they're close. Um, We do have a handful of guys that fish the national walleye tour, which I guess would be our big leagues in walleye fishing Um, on a a season basis. I know guys like Joe Zach jobs and Ryan buddy and Roger Riggs and Sammy Capelli. Those guys are all loot guys. Um, But, but they fish the national tour. Um, I, I think you know, it's all it almost should be. It almost should be the minor leagues because when those guys come to town, you know, they do well. I mean, last year, um, I think it was last year, anyways. Tyler Berthold, he's one of our loot guys. He took second um, in the National Walleye Tour, and, and all of these guys do well. And uh, actually, Devin Phillips on the co angler side of it, he took first place. So, those guys are, are loot guys, they do well on the national level. But when you fish other bodies of water, it's just different. You're not fishing Lake Erie when you go out to Winnebago or, or you know, I don't know, wherever these guys, you know, St. Francis or, or one of these rivers especially. So it's, it's definitely uh, getting your feet wet, but it's a whole different ballgame when they go and fish all these different bodies of water. So
0: the fall brawl, like real talk, we don't need to dig in any caskets or anything, but people, that, that whole thing blew up. And, and I have mixed emotions with it. And I'm sure some of the people, sponsors and stuff I work with don't want me airing them, but what the hell, you know, to me, even prior to you, it's a bittersweet thing. Obviously it's getting more people involved with fishing, right. On a, on a big scale. And you've got more things, it's more money. It's the, anytime you get that involvement, it's just, a, it's a good thing, but just like everything else, I mean, just being straight real. And I, I there's a lot of guys just ain't going to be straight real with this, but From a real standpoint, is whether you're making a living like I do as a guide or whatever, the sportsmanship is out of control bad. I mean, and and I, I don't expect that. That's not a Jason Fisher thing. That's not a Ross thing. That's it, just as a whole, when you throw that much money together, things got out of control, whether it was people cheating or the things that I've witnessed. I mean, I might've been filming a show with one of your, one of your other employers and you know, a boat ran 20 feet on plane off me, when we're six foot of water at night filming a TV show, got it all on camera. Like, what are you doing? And the funny part is, is all parties knew who this guy was. And he just, you know, he denied it, of course, even though we had him on video, but when I have you on video at night <laughs> from another boat, that's it's pretty bad. But the point is, is just like, I think some guys lose their scruples when there's that much money involved. Um, i've heard a lot of horror stories too and again this is prior to you this is just the nature of the beast like you could insert forget fishing you could insert something else to this when you have this kind of prize money involved people lose their minds
2: that's true it, it, there's no question um it's actually this it's it's the downfall of you know this derby fishing or tournament fishing but but you got like so i i you have to look at all the positive things, but there's no question you can bring up, you know, event after event of where somebody did something crazy. First of all, nobody used to be fishing in the fall. So when you, you were out there guiding, you would, you would have the lake to yourself. So now there, you know, you go, you know, I'll use one of the spots that is close to home for you. You go to the Huron boat ramp and there's, you know, 50, 60, hundred boats. Whereas when you were just simply out guide fishing, what, maybe three, four,
0: I I was just talking with another guide about this in the fall, November, guys that don't really care for each other, probably really when it comes down to it, guys aren't going to drink a beer with each other. But in the fall, I would say 12 to 20 people like during the week would be out there. I mean, heck, what people don't remember, it's like and it's not that I'm that old, but I think sometimes when somebody gets new into the sport and they kind of forget, like there's a lot of stuff that went on before that. Right. And not that many years ago, we didn't have that nice Huron ramp. And when you look at like Vermilion, it's a nice ramp. Can't put many rigs in there, especially like tandem axle trailers like me and you both own. Huron, below that bridge there on, on the opposite side on the west side of the river, you, you don't have many parking spots there. This whole Walski's uh boat launch. You you had to be, I mean, there was there was a whole politics and everything just for getting a parking spot there. You know what I mean? So you, you couldn't have the capacity that we do now. Where now here on I've seen it where by seven in the morning because of the fall brawl or I I guess it's presumptuous to say that, but I think it's pretty accurate. Seven in the morning, which I mean, it's barely light at that time of year, if it even is. And they're out to the road and there's people parking in the grass where and I, I don't know how many rigs that thing holds, but let's say 500 or whatever it is. And you go, wow. So, again, yeah, it's great. They're selling a ton of lures and all that. But I think at some point and I'm not like pointing a finger at you or anybody else. And I think a lot of us fishermen really need to self-police. the the sportsmanship thing on this is just out of control i mean there's been several people that have died while fishing because of you know just not making good decisions and and pushing the envelope a little bit but um, obviously there's been some cheating scandals and all all kinds of other things and i don't know it's uh i mean that's that has to still for you if you're being honest with me that's got to take away from the enjoyment of what this whole thing is really supposed to be about
2: Well, first of all, it terrifies me if guys would get hurt, whether it's the loot or the fall brawl. I don't want to see anybody, you know, not come home to their family because of fishing. At the end of the day, this is fishing. I mean, like I don't you could give me a a boat and it's not going to change my life. If I if I took a free boat and sold it, that money would be gone at some point in time. So it's not it's not life. it might be, you know, right now it might change my life right now got to the Applebee's a couple more times or something, but I mean, it's not going to change your life forever, but if you do something dumb on the water, especially in the fall, wintertime, late, you know, close to December, you know, if the snowflakes are flying, you get in that water, you're, you're not coming home, you know? So that for sure is a number one priority, but then the cheating scandals and and just the, the, the sportsmanship stuff, it it, it drives me crazy because that's not why anybody got into this. Not one person started fishing because they wanted to win a boat or they wanted to win some money, they started fishing because grandpa took them out or their dad took them out. And, you know, we need to get back for that. That's, I, I wholeheartedly say that just enjoy yourself, go fishing. I personally have never caught a fish worthy of, you know, the fall brawl or, or any of these other derbies. It's just, you get out there and fish and we've weighed in a couple 10 pounders and things like that, but, but I have fun with it. I don't I'm not expecting to win and guys that'll, you know, not let people on their boat in the fall, because if he caught a gun, you know what? I think that would be, it is what it is. If somebody's on my boat and they're not in it, I guess, I guess I don't get to win that day, but, but it's just not that serious. Guys need to bring it back to what it's, it's the roots are. And why are we doing this stuff? We're doing it for fun. And uh, you know, to get out there and all enjoy fishing and, and the hogs, you know, in the fall and in the, in the winter and and springtime is what you're trying to chase those trophies anyways, you know, for me, well,
0: for people that, that listen this long into the podcast, the little tip I would give them and producer, dude, I want you to chime in here in a second. The best day to fish on Lake Erie of the entire year is the following two days after the fall brawl is over with whatever day that is. It doesn't matter. Twenty eight, twenty nine. <laughs> it's, it's when you ask that question, it's funny because that that end of. You know, some years we don't, even, I can remember years where we didn't even get to fish at Thanksgiving time, like it got cut short because of ice piling up and just nasty, nasty weather and what have you. But um, that, that very end of November, like basically right when the thing's over with or early December, if we're fortunate enough to have the weather to get out and, and not have ramps all jacked up with ice or whatever. That is positively some of the best fishing ever. I shot, an, uh, I should, probably shouldn't say who it was, but I shot a TV show that just hasn't come out yet that was just crazy fishing right after that. And the guys literally said, we never saw a boat the entire day. And he's like, what's going on? They're like, is it, is it is it too cold? I'm like, no, everybody burned up all their vacation time and they're all burnt out and tired and everything. And then producer, did you remember our last day when we shot a video?
1: Yeah, it was, it was late December, right? Something like that or mid-December.
0: No, it was like December, like 4th, 5th, 6th, yeah. something like that. So, I mean, in fairness, it's like a week after that, but it was, it was flat, calm. And there was, there was a handful of boats out, but I mean, it was, when I say flat, calm, it was like almost, it was in the morning, it was one of those deals where you definitely want a jacket on, right? But after you got out there and the sun was up and it was flat, calm, it was like, you're down to a hoodie, And it was just a slaughter fest. Like we had some crazy good footage, had some big fish. And it was like, where are all the people now? You know, to your point, I kind of preach these things a little bit. And people look at me like I'm batshit crazy. And I'm like, I don't feel like I'm talking like an 80 year old man when I say this is if you, you know, several people, I guess, to even over talk that several people I know said, they're like, well, why would I go now? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. The fishing is amazing. Like, like you really need that kind of carrot. And I'm super competitive too. Like I'll race you to see how fast we can eat a burrito or to the, you know, I'll race you like sprint in the, in the parking lot. I'm like a two-year-old. But
2: I'll take you up on the burrito thing. The sprint. I don't you know. You can I'll have take that. you up on the sprint.
0: Producer dude, yeah. I ran I ran four or five in high school. I still got it. Them yeah, that
1: was 47 years. years ago. Yeah. And you're broken down. You're back. You're, you're always, oh, my back, my back. Yeah, I
0: Producer, dude, we, we just got a new video we just did a new video now <laughs> i'm not gonna take him past 400 meters but 100 meters or less he is he is grass you mark this down this is official you can't get out of it now. all right I, it's a date i'm taking all 95 pounds of you to the house
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'll run the event how about that
0: Yeah, no, there you go you're, you're good at that but so yeah, it's crazy to me how people sometimes forget like just to enjoy, you know, and, and I'm the same way meaning that it's a business, you know, because I have to produce and do that, but to not go and stuff with that, it's just, to me, it's kind of mind blowing. And, and I have clients both ways. I have guys that could care less, you know, some are very well off financially and other guys are just good old boys and they just don't want to deal with that fuss. And, and I think I respect that probably more than anything.
1: But. Yeah.
2: and and I have fishing for fishing. They just, you know, get it back. It's it, you could simply put, just go fishing for fishing and enjoy it. You know, anything else comes late, 35 bucks to enter this thing. Shouldn't even cross your mind. You know, if you're worried about it, you know, and if you get, if you catch something worth, you know, a hundred thousand dollar boat, great. But, but 35 bucks just to, just to enter is, it's just, it's just to be a part of it. You know,
0: I don't mandate it, you know, for our guide clients or what have you, but, it's crazy because I don't want to be that guy, but in the last six or seven years, we'd had two fish that would have been one thousand percent on the top. I'll say three. One was a blowout because it was 14 pounds, like blowout winner. But this is the kicker. So we got two guys. Guy, guy fishes with me, him and his son all the time. Okay. Shows up and he's got, you know, we'll call him Bob with him. And I was like, hey, where's your son at? Well, that dumb SOB didn't sign up for the fall brawl. And I told him, you know what? I'm paying for this and I'm paying for the hotel and everything. And if you're two, you couldn't pay 35 bucks and sign up for the fall brawl. You're not coming with me. So he got his buddy, whatever, you know, I've never met the guy. And he goes, yeah. So I came because of that. <laughs> We're out there. We get one like 13, six, dude. I don't carry a scale. Oh yeah. you, could, you Obviously the punchlines, you already know where this is going, but so I scale this thing and I go. It's your decision right now, but I think we should quit and take this in because if he spits up a gizzard, Chad, or does something, this this could cost us some money. You're like, I'm just telling you guys, like, what's the deal? And, um, like, we're high five, and this dude about breaks my arm. He's a big boy. He's just, like, high five, and he's like – and the other guy was sitting on my passenger seat with it folded down, and he was sitting there like he was, like, watching grass grow. And he's like, Bob, are you kidding me right now? And he looks, and he goes – um, I didn't sign up. I just wanted to go on the trip, and I never thought we'd catch a big one. Uh. <laughs> now, but and again, this is we're, we're we're one of those things. Again, separate fishing from this for a second. Pretend this is something else. I don't know. I don't even know what the prize was at that point. It certainly wasn't where it's at now. But I want to say it was still like eighty grand, hundred grand. I, I don't know. It Doesn't matter. But the whole thing of that is those guys don't speak anymore because he's like, Hey, I didn't take my kid on a fishing trip because he didn't do right. it. He didn't sign up. And he, the guy said, I just assumed we wouldn't catch one and I was going to go on a free trip. So that's kind of shitty too, like all around the house. Obviously I'm disappointed. You don't want to be involved with that. But, and I had a group a couple of years ago, same thing. We had one 14, one, like one of the bigger ones to come in my boat in a while Scaled Cause most 14 pounders I hear about when they get put on a scale, they they tend to shrink about four pounds. And it was a group of guys from out of town and same thing. None of them signed up though, but they told me they did because they were planning to do it on their way there, even though I overly treated them like children. And the funny thing is they came back the next year and then they just like, yeah, we didn't sign up again. And I was like, you guys gotta be kidding me. And they're like, yeah, it could never happen twice. That's like verbatim what they said. Was, I'm like, that's so what I said to him. I said, your guys' bar tab would have been that in like a, a half an hour. Like, how could you not? How could you not do this
2: it's it's crazy that people don't sign up if you're gonna fish and the and and I love the fact that over the past couple of years a couple shoreline guys have have cash checks or come close to winning I don't think anybody's won from shore but they've definitely cash checks and and to me that is just awesome because it's the luck i want I want somebody who's never even thrown a line in before, just, you know, got mad at their wife and wanted to go out and and go fishing for a little bit to win this sucker. I think it's just the coolest thing that it's anybody's game. Sure, you know, some people have a leg up when it comes to boats and electronics and things like that, but it can be won by just the average Joe, and I like that.
0: I mean – Is it fair to say, like, producer, I don't even know if you know this or not, but that this thing has escalated quickly? Like, it went from, like, hey, we've got some serious money and, like, hey, this is, you know, this is, in theory, one of the biggest tournaments prize-wise that's available to, okay, now you can win a boat. I don't even know what else you got in there, but, I mean, a bunch of cash. Like, it seemed to really, like, it was good and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, to the point, and this is what I want to ask you because I don't know, I, I don't want you to give names or anything like that, but how things have changed. Like I've had to operate my guide business differently because of this. I mean, and probably for reasons you don't even think. So in the fall time, we have a lot of groups, right? And I have some guys that that run trips for me that it's, it's like you, it's, it's not their job. They do it. They pay some bills. They justify some, you know, expensive equipment and and doing all this stuff. Right. And these guys come to me and they're like, you know, I I don't, I think I'm going to take my spare days and I'm going to, my you know throw my name in the hat if you will right and just go and fall brawl and see if i can catch a big fish and obviously now that's even you know expanded because of the walleye slam basically it's a it's a kind of a double dip deal i mean if a guy catches a 15 pounder you almost guaranteed a double dip right maybe even a 14. Yeah. and so i've had to do things differently we and i was just wondering you know if you'd heard with some of the other guys because from a fun fishing standpoint, like let's say it's me, you and producer dude in the boat, most guys are signing something or have some type of bonding, whether it's a verbal or a written deal that they're going to split the thing up. Because in theory, between your deal and the and the other Derby, it could be a quarter million dollars.
2: Yeah, so, so I guess it's two part. I don't know what the charter guys do um, as far as, Splitting it up, but I definitely see all these guys advertising. Hey, we're opening up for October, November. You must be in the slam and the brawl, and um, you know that's just they're just not taking you if you're not in because the chance is there that you pull in that fourteen pounder, and the guys aren't in the derbies, and you're just like, <laughs> I mean, who who doesn't want you know if you double dip? Let's say you did catch the giant that wins them both or whatever. Uh, I mean. payday divided by a couple guys on the boat. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand on that one.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you don't know any of those guys on how, if if there has been a, maybe there's exceptions to but a general theme of what guys are doing or.
2: So as far as like splitting up the prize money. Yeah. I think they are being handled now. I always hear. Most people are like, it gets divided up amongst the boats. No questions asked because especially trolling, you know, not everybody's like, Oh, this is my rod. This is my rod. It's, it's a boat deal. You know, guys are reeling in different, you know, your catfish usually left and right. And and there's rods all over the floor. So it's a boat effort, generally speaking. Um, But I know that the guys are advertising, Hey, everybody's got to be on the boat uh, entered in the derbies.
0: And I, I've seen that as well. And I I don't know how they honestly, how they, I don't want to say get away with it, but just because my experience has been, and maybe it's just my type of clientele. I, I, it's at least half my guys aren't in it. Or if it's, it's one guy that ends up now coming and he's not in it. And I'm like, guys, I emailed you 10 times. I I put things out there. I, I, I've given them information that it's, it's their fault to not know that everybody in the boat has to be in. And if your buddy wants to come last minute, I can't make a phone call for you. Like this is what it is. And if I could make a phone call, I wouldn't do it for you for being silly like this, but you know, so things are changing. I'm really like, I don't not take people because of that. Um, But now we have like instituted a deal where we officially are sharing. Like that's something I started doing. And 99%, everybody's like, I get it. I'm on board. That's great. I've actually had people take me aside and and why I actually kind of did that to be truthful was I had people coming on my boat and saying, Hey, um, if we get a big one, here's a couple hundred bucks, <laughs> true story. If we get a big one, here's a couple hundred bucks, make sure I get that. Cause I know Bob won't split it with me or, you know, like almost like I'm having to be the school teacher or I'm policing these guys in the boat because this guy doesn't trust his buddy. And he thinks he's going to try to jump on a rod, even if it's his turn. And I'm like, again, that stuff kind of pisses me off just because we're getting away from like enjoying a day in the lake. Like that's what I just told the client the other day. They're like, well, I don't see how we're splitting, We're doing like, we are fishing. We're enjoying a day in the lake. We are running a day trip. And if we're fortunate enough to catch a fish that is going to give us more money than what this trip is going to cost and above and beyond and everything else, like, so be it, we'll split it up and super big bonus. So, and I think overwhelmingly people have been pretty down with that, but just like anything else here, not everybody's going to always be on the same page.
2: I haven't heard of any, you know, litigation has come from, you know, winnings, I'm sure it'll happen, Um, you know, and and I don't know, I don't know everybody that's won prizes and whether or not they've been on charters and things like that, but I have not heard of any personal problems between guys that have won.
0: I have, uh, I know for a fact, I know, I know one of the guys they had, everything was verbal and let's just say all three people in the boat don't speak to each other anymore. But, but again, that, that's human nature. And that's why even like, you know, some of the guys, like I said, that, that run with me when we're doing these multiple boat trips or a corporate thing or something. And they're like, Hey, can we just put something down then that we were splitting it because I want to feel like I'll just take that time off and do my own thing. Or Hey, why allow that situation? Because it is so much money now, even when it was like, it's crazy to say, but you know, cause 50 grand is a lot of money. But back when it was like 50 grand and there wasn't even a boat prize or whatever that number was, um, there still could have been a problem, but it wasn't as much of an issue. But now you almost have to have something down, everybody on the same page, because this isn't even just a millennial thing. Being real, people are just different. (laughs) Nicest way I can put that producer. dude, Do you see that there could ever be a problem with this?
1: I mean i I know there has been. I know it's just what you've told me, probably what you were alluding to uh before, you know, so, so I,
0: it, when me and you are shooting this fall doing some of our sponsor videos and stuff, are you going to jump on a rod if you see a board under? no God I, thank God because you know I'd beat that thing like a samurai
1: but with. You, the you would have to give me <laughs> half money if you bring it in, right.
0: Oh, oh, you're si- he Producer, dude, he has signed so much litigation for us to work together that one more form won't mean anything. You're gonna have to be the <laughs> legal team on this. <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, like I you know we're me and him are planning on shooting some more stuff this fall, and
1: um, he makes you know, me we, sign up every year. Yeah, I mean, so, I like I, to
2: hear it. I like to hear all those registrations. Keep yeah. them coming. I mean, but but again, it's just
0: like when when you hear. I begin. I don't know how what kind of numbers you want to give us or whatever, but when you when I talk about my clients not signing up and forgetting or one guy in the group doesn't and five guys do, when I see those numbers and things, and it was probably more honestly when the fall brawl when Craig was involved because I know him pretty well, and it's like here's the deal and then all of a sudden last second, boom. Like everybody signs up like five seconds before. It's like, hey, my yeah. credit card bill is due in the 21st, so I'm 20th at 1150 at night. I'm paying it type of deal, right? And that, that's it's, yeah,
2: it, For new. all of my registrations are like that these guys most of them will wait you know the last minute to sign up and then if i have a website issue or some other crazy nonsense it's just it the you know so you incent you try to incentivize these guys to sign up throughout the course of the year we have these sign-up parties increase the popularity and just give things away but ultimately can you, can
0: you give away an Elcon or something
2: yeah so um I don't know if I can plug anybody here. I'll ask before I, so, so, so this high, uh, these guys contacted me high mountain hunts out and they're local. They, they live around here, but they guide out of Colorado. They have an outfit in Colorado and, um, New Mexico. I think that might be their only two lodges, but they contact us, wanting us to be involved in, And I was like, this is, it has to be a prank because it's literally my favorite thing to do. I, I honest to God, more than fishing, elk hunting is my deal. I'm going out in September. Um, and I'm like, you guys are punking me. Cause it, I no sooner took over the brawl and elk hunt place is calling me wanting to sponsor the event. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, this is one of my buddies. So anyways, we gave away an elk hunt. Uh, we paired that up with Mossy Oak and, and they outfitted the thing and, and guys just for signing up, um, we gave them a sweatshirt. Um, and, I wanted people to enter that actually wanted to win instead of just giving it to just a total random person. So we, it was basically like you buy a sweatshirt and you get involved with the hunt and a guy, um, if I remember his name, it was, I want to say Mike Gibson uh, out in Illinois. He won. The dude's a hunter. He's going to take his son and uh, it's going to be cool. I mean, he's been out West hunting. It, It was just, it was just cool to see. So like all these people get involved and want to be parts of things. And that was just, I thought that was a joke. I thought somebody was playing a joke on me. So back
0: to the the the, the real reality. Of this. So we talked about, you know, somebody in the boat not being signed up. So people that are listening to this that don't know what the fall brawl is, it's a one fish, big fish derby. I'm sure if you learned under a rock, you still know what this is. But everybody in the boat, boat has to be signed up in advance. You can't sign up the morning of, the day of. There's a deadline, whatever that is, October something. October. October 11th, I believe. October 11th. So that's that's a big one because I, I, that happens a lot. Like that DQs a lot of people or, or won't even allow a fish to be weighed or whatever, right? What are some of the big rules and fractions that maybe somebody doesn't know, like it's unintentional or maybe it's, maybe it's intentional? Like what are some of the things you've seen that you could bring to light so people avoid that or to entertain us a little bit?
2: So just obviously having people signed up, everybody always asks like, oh, what if my wife wants to go or my kids or uncle Joe, and he doesn't fish, he just wants to be on the boat. Well, everybody on the boat has to be registered in the Derby. Um, And that's both for the fall brawl and the slam. So it's the same for both. Um, Number two is generally speaking, especially when it comes to kids, guys, or, or parents, or grandpa's grandpa's allow kids to reel in all the fish. It it I, I get it. It's fun. Um, it adds to it, but it's actually illegal. So if a kid catches, let's just say you and a child is fishing, and you you let him reel all in, in all the fish, he's allowed to reel in six and keep six. You're allowed to reel in six and keep six. So keep that in mind as they no, you know catch no, their limit. Yeah. So so they'll say they'll say oh you know we've got 11 and we're just you know we kept that one slot open well if you've done that then only one person can be catching fish um we've seen you know guys maybe forget to get their fishing license or don't get their fishing license that's happened um over rotting uh in ohio you can use three rods per angler um on erie and if you use more than that obviously you have increased chances of catching a better fish uh but but if you know two of us are fishing and you use eight rods, you would be illegal. And if you caught a big fish, it's it's just you're done. You're you're illegal. Um some of the other things just just simply just being deceitful and being dishonest if you loaded a fish up with whatever you would load it up with for it to weigh more.
0: Um yeah, I've heard some fish have been injected with things through the years.
2: Uh, I, so I, honestly, I don't know a lot of the history as I should, but I know that there's been a handful of people disqualified, uh, you know, throughout the years. Some of them you hear from, and some of them you never hear from again, which tells me they're, you know, they probably knew what they did and was just well, rolling okay, the dice. So,
0: so let's say I get a rules infraction for whatever reason, and I'm, I'm, um, my fishes doesn't counter, however that works. Are you banned from fishing again?
2: So. In in the past, you have been. Um, quite frankly, I don't know all of the people who have been banned, and I don't know all of the reasons as to why people have been banned, because that wasn't my gig, um, and nobody handed me a sheet of paper and said, "This is, you know, Ross who committed this infraction." And and there's two sides of that. Um, do I? And I and I look at things in a legal perspective. So do, do people make mistakes in, in, in real life? Sure. Somebody steals something from a store. Does that mean you should never be allowed to go shopping again? No. Um, you could pay your fine, do your punishment, and then it's over with. You should Never be allowed to fish again because um, you committed a rules infraction. You could be disqualified for getting a ticket from a division of wildlife officer um, during one of these derbies. But what did you do? Did you, did you try and steal and cheat from somebody or did you, um, you know, not have enough life jackets for all the occupants on your boat? You know, I, I don't.
0: I, yeah, that's a good question. Let's say you failed a watercraft in, uh, surprise inspection, whatever they call those things. Your flares were out of date or something. Would that DQ you from the fall brawl?
2: So by the rule book, it could, but I want what I'm looking for is, did you do something intentionally to cheat people out of money? Right? If you if your stickers were out of date, that's happened to me before. I've got I've got tickets, you know. I've my car, I've been driving down the road and my license plates have been expired, and I, you know, I've been punished for that. And that's you didn't that's flash why. you didn't flash them your badge? Maybe this was back in the day. You know, I was <laughs> so you know, but but what did you do? That's what I want to look at. So the way I've changed the rules is not only now if you fail a, a test which we have polygraph tests in this in this business basically to keep things honest it's the only thing you have cuz I'm not fishing on your boat you're not fishing on everybody else's boat so what do we have we ask you these questions with these professionals and if you fail um you know and and, and if you're truthful for that matter but but either here or there I'm giving you two so Ross something comes up on your test and they're like hey this guy failed Well, I'm going to confirm that because I'm going to say, Ross, what happened? It says you failed this question. You know, did you abide by all these state fish and wildlife regulations? And you're going to say, man, I I really did everything by the book. The only thing I can think of is, you know, one time I, whatever, I, I I cleaned out my boat and I didn't have all, all my life jackets in there. And I I knew I was breaking the rules, but I had traveled an hour to go fishing and I just, we needed to go. So I didn't have all my life jackets in the boat. Right. So, when you take a polygraph test, you think about these things and you're like, man, I know that I definitely violated a a rule right there, but I, but I, for me, I may not DQ you on that. And if you took a child fishing and the kid reeled in all the fish and you told me that, is that a rules violation? Absolutely. Is it a division of wildlife violation? Absolutely. But it's not just an end all with me. I want, I want people to do this the right way. I want it to count. And if you cheated somebody out of money or or cheated to win, I have no love for you. And I, I, I know how you are, but, you know, I want to keep it PG. F these people. I don't want people to cheat. I truly don't. I want people to win. I want people to have a good time. But if you make a simple, stupid mistake, if your boat's not registered, I don't care. I just don't. But I want people to do it the right way.
0: I think that's fair. And again, I, I don't want to bring up I want to keep this real, but I also don't want to go down Pandora's box or whatever. But, you know, prior to you having it, there was obviously – that's why the fall or the walleye slam started, and there was people passing one lie detector test. Then in the other one, they weren't or vice versa. And it's kind of like, again, interpretation, things are different. Like, is what is really the intent? And that's a tough thing sometimes to gauge. It's a little subjective, but uh, I, I kind of like where you're going with that. And I think now that there's a little – There was animosity, I think, with the old fall brawl and then what was the early walleye slam, which is why there was two, because they all used to be one, right? And I assume, you know, Tad uh, and producer do that. We've had Craig Lewis on the podcast, known the guy for 20-plus years. I assume you guys, I mean, while you may not be, you know, having beers together every day, like you guys don't seem to have any issues, like you're running the same thing, everybody's kind of getting along, or has it been a little bit difficult?
2: So – um, we're not having beers together every day because we don't live close enough to have beers together every day. But I was, I was out, uh, drinking with some buddies and Craig was a part of that. Matter of fact, Craig, Craig would not allow me to buy my own dinner with my feet. He, he bought it. And this is the only time I've ever been out with Craig, but I got to, I have a real good relationship with him. He's a big part of the other side, if you will, the walleye slam. Um, what I want out of this thing is the, 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 community right the gas stations the hotels the bait shops the outfitters you know i want i want everybody to benefit from this it's it's just good for the area it's good for lake erie we have the best fishery here um you know in the world if you will but but it's good for everybody and i i have no reason craig i'll I'll give you a little backstory here craig not only I, i shouldn't even have been on lake erie with the boat that i was in but i go into his shop and i'm like how do you fish for these walleye? I had caught one and I wanted, I'm like, how do you do this? You know? And and he gave me,
0: this was two years ago.
2: Yeah, this was last year. Um, actually, so I, I'd grown up, uh, fishing, but I'd never fish Lake Erie until I met a buddy. Um, he, he had a boat, he fished Lake Erie his whole life. So we would go out there and we'd fish, but I had no clue how to do it myself. So I go in and I'm like, I got this boat. It's some 16 foot aluminum boat. It was actually a buddy of mine's who he, you know, it's stored at my house. and I was allowed to use it. So we're out there fishing and I had no line counters. I'm using spinning tackle, just casting stuff out and dragging it behind the boat, calling it trolling. Um, You know, so I go into a shop, I buy some stuff and I'm not kidding you. I I wouldn't stroke you at this point. He gave me a walleye trolling book that you uh wrote with um was kurt, it dr sonar
0: no that one well we we me and me and bruce the uh, dr sonar did do one but the one i think you're talking about is uh, me and kurt niedemeyer
2: yes yeah that's it kurt niedemeyer i'm i'm, I'm not even kidding you i read this book <laughs> i haven't read a book in my life okay except for i've read this one 15 times and i try to figure out a few things there it is whoa, That's it. Whoa.
0: Yeah. producer dude looking a little younger there without the whiskers
2: I read that book from front to back, you know, a handful of times and, and I just tried to pick up things and I started to catch fish. And then the next person that I ran into, uh, outside of Craig, teaching me how to fish was, was a Geneva guy. He's a, he's a charter guy. He's a PA boy. His name's Ryan Prezuti. So I bought the precision trolling book from him. I asked online, I couldn't find him. They weren't, they weren't printing them anymore. I used to have like the, the the book with it was like on a spiral binder and you could flip yep. through all the different baits so i wanted that book because i'm like I, how do i catch these fish how do i know how deep i am so i went out there and he taught me you know about calibrating rods and and all this other stuff that i had read but it didn't make any sense to me so when we started to catch some fish and have these you know fun times on the water myself i was just hooked you know and then of course i you know and a couple other guys that you see very popular of the, the Nick's and Gary's art. So then I wanted a StarCraft because that's what they ran. They ran the uh, STX 2050, I believe. And I wanted that sucker. So I found my way to VIX. I'm like, I want this StarCraft. I want this StarCraft. And then coincidentally, my wife was like, why do you want that? Um, the Ranger has a much better front deck for sun tanning. She's like, I want that one. I'm like, did you see the price tag on that thing? So she actually was like, no, we want the Ranger instead of the starcraft and so we got that and um you know and then i started i, I wanted to rig my own boat because i tinker with everything so i rigged some stuff go back to vix for you know whatever maybe an oil change or something and victor was like didn't you rig this thing yourself and i'm like yeah and he's like well when can you start you know so it's like everything at one piece led to another and that's why i work at the boat shop now and and, uh, you know, I have a great relationship with those guys, but it was just like Craig led me to walleye fishing, you know, walleye fishing led me to another guy, Ryan, Ryan, you know, and, and then you know, I'm following these guys and watching what they're doing. And next thing you know, I'm back at the boat shop and, and here I am today. And I always talk about that. It's like, you know, just not even 10 years ago, I was, I was fishing for bass, probably. I was probably a bass guy.
0: Oh. Well, I uh, I can't thank you enough. I know we could do this for just about forever, but I appreciate you giving us your time. We know you're on doing the family thing, and wish you guys the best with the uh, Lake Erie. There's somebody coming and bringing you some dinner.
2: Look but, at that! Look. Oh man, when's the last time you had dinner on your podcast? That's good. That's good timing. All right, right. mom. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. We've got we've got our Lake Michigan salmon right here. Nice, nice, but.
0: We appreciate you giving us your time and uh, you guys go check out the Lake Erie walleye trail and obviously the fall brawl. Make sure you get signed up before the deadline folks, because even if you know Jimmy or Jason, it's not going to change anything for you getting in and it may cost you a seat in somebody's boat. So make sure you check us out at bigwaterfishing.com. Big water fishing pretty much everywhere. Producer duty may need to help me, but here we go. Like the micro machine man doing it real fast. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, big water fishing, as well as Stitcher, Google, Apple, Amazon, where else are we at? I think, I think you got them. I missed one or two, but I guess yeah, I, I
1: mean, really we're anywhere you
0: get your podcast. If you, you want to download podcast, time. we're on there and it's not going to cost you anything. No, dude, come on. Just download the thing already. Big water fishing. Jason, thanks again for your time.
2: I appreciate you, Ross, man. I, I can't tell you how enjoyable it was for me just to chat with you guys. And uh, anybody who's watching this already knows the content that you put out. Um, I've watched it 100,000 times, whether it's rigging boats or just fishing or or how-tos, but all the stuff you put out is awesome, man. And and just to be able to talk to you, it's kind of neat. It's come full circle for me, so thank you.
0: Part of the fishing community, man. Appreciate it.